the Navy pays you BAH. You can take this BAH and pay rent for somebody and let them use your BAH as their investment. Or you can take that BAH and buy your own house. Let's start paying principal down. Meanwhile, equity is growing and then rent it when you roll out of here. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, today we've got C.W. Phipps on the show and a good friend of mine from the Navy that I've known for a while. And C.W., thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Hey, we're just going to jump right into it. You and I transitioned out of the Navy, you know, around the same time within a short period of time of each other and both spent most of our adult life in the Navy. So just if we can touch on a little bit, let's talk about the challenges of your transition out into essentially self-employed and also what you did to prepare or what you could have done better to prepare. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. We haven't talked in a while. So, uh, we may even sprinkle a little, a little bit, bit of catching up and yeah, on for sure. Oh yeah, there'll be some. There'll definitely be some. <laughs> and probably some jabs at each other in between. Okay. And other friends, it's all good. I'll prep. I'll prep up here. Uh, so yeah. So let's go back in my career. Around the ten year mark in the Navy, I was a recruiter in in the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. We learned pretty advanced sales in recruiting. They they send you to a, a literally a civilian sales school, and you learn right. all these sales tactics and whatnot. I knew I liked sales, but I also learned that I wasn't necessarily a fan of the uh, the pressure sales side of it. Right. So I wanted to be in the sales world when I retired, but I didn't want anything to do with the pressure stuff. There was just something that I didn't, I don't think many people would get along with. The, you tell me no, and I got to keep twisting your arm to make you say yes. Right. So I transferred to Jacksonville shortly after you left Japan. Correct. Um, I think you transferred six months before I did. And I got here and I worked with a company called Hover Girl Properties to buy my house. Funny story. I'm standing on the, the flight line in an Oki and Kylie and I just found out we were coming back to Jack. So I pick up the phone on a referral and called yeah. uh, Hover Girl Properties. Mm-hmm. And the whole process bought the house in Japan and closed on it three days after I got off the airplane in Jacksonville. I didn't know if I was going to retire at that point. Right. But it was, uh, I'd say about 75% sure I was going to retire. So fast forward, I had a really good experience with Hover Girl Properties. And when I decided I wanted to get into real estate, that's the brokerage I wanted to start out with. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm three years from retirement at this point. I was just hitting the 19-year the mark in the Navy. Right. So I called Joy. Um, she's a co-owner of the company. And I said, hey, Joy, this probably sounds absolutely crazy to you, but I want to be a part-time real estate agent. I've got three years until I have to find a grown-up job and uh, I need some experience. So my initial plan was I didn't even necessarily want to earn any kind of commission. I just mm-hmm. wanted the experience. Right. Long story short, Joy said, no, we're, we're going to pay you like any other agent and we're going to let you do it part-time. Joy's husband, Glenn Doyle, who happened to be the Commodore a couple years before I got to the wing here in, uh, in Mayport. Um, so he was the Commodore. He was well-versed in the wing, well-versed in, in the Navy in general. Um, so they knew what the responsibility was going to be as far as me being active duty still and being a real estate agent. And they also knew that I was on this really cake tour called staff duty. Right. Um, 
and right. they knew I was going to be Lots able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's how I got into real estate. I just started working, um, went and got a real estate license, talked to Joy and Laura, hung my license under their brokerage and just went at it. So fast forward to your second question here, which was, how was the transition? Well, transition out of the Navy for anybody that's done it, regardless if you've been in for four years or if you've been in for 30 years, it's the unknown. The unknown is what just gets the nerves going. So I dealt with that, not knowing how the VA is going to work, not knowing how the whole retirement and medical stuff's going to work, just the same thing that we all went through. But what I didn't have to worry about was what am I going to do as, for a job? Mm-hmm. Hover Girl had let me work for them right at three years before right. I, when I retired. So the transition into the self-employed, the real estate agent part of the world was relatively easy. It was nuts. I went on terminal leave and started turning the, the volume up at that point. Mm-hmm. And the day I retired, they asked me if I was taking some time off and I told them, no, <laughs> I'm ready to go. And I just did. And here we are. Well, it was a year ago in October. Yeah. Um, yeah it's fast. So huh? It went quick, but yeah, that's how I got into this. But preparation wise too, you had enough foresight to realize that, hey, you're fortunate. And, and also I know that you're someone who doesn't take things for granted, you know, like I know you appreciate like, hey, you're in a position that last few years where you knew you had time and there you could utilize that as just not preparing and enjoying that time. Or you could do something to give yourself a shot of what you're going to do in the future. And I think you can't understate that, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity given to you. And, you know, if you would have done that for a couple of years part time and realized it wasn't for you, you're still ahead of the game, you know, because you found either way, you know, positive or negative, you're ahead of the game because you still have that time to cool. Let's get into Let's try the next venture on our way out. You know what I mean? And as it turned out, it worked out for you. And you're three years ahead of the game, essentially. You know, so right. it's just never too early. If you have an opportunity to try something out, I think is, I guess what I'm trying to get at with that. If you have the opportunity to try something out, take that do chance, it. you know, do, yeah. yeah, exactly. Put a little bit of effort just to, just to give it a shot and see if it's for you. And it'll uh, pay a lot of dividends down the road, I think. No, you're right. It does. Planning is the name of the game. That's the, I mean, it's the same, everything we did in the Navy, right? You have lots of plans and rarely do any of them go as planned, but you have a plan. So you have that structure and you have a basis and you flex from it and you get the job done and whatever. But if you don't have a direction to start in, nothing happens, you know, you just don't get exactly. on the ground. Yep. And, and I think we've both seen that a lot. Some people have that and a real trouble with making a decision to take a first step. You know, and that's both in home ownership, investing, preparation for retirement or for a career change, or in in the, the new career itself. You know, I, I feel like just taking that first step is is the biggest one, and then you can figure out so much from there if you have a direction to travel in. Right? Yeah. Fear the unknown. Once you get over that hurdle, life generally gets a little better. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Or at least doors open for you. You know. Right. Yeah. The opportunities there. For sure. The other thing is, I feel like, uh, you know, with the realm you stepped into and with the team you stepped into and stuff like that, you the cool thing is you still get to work with a lot of military and you having, you know, spent what, 22 years, was it by the time you oh, retired? 22. Um, to the day, 22 years. There you go. So 22 years, you and because you've done overseas tour, you have, it wasn't, you know, some people are fortunate or 
if they call it fortunate, some people stay in one place their whole career, you know, or based station from that one place. You know, right. you've moved around, you've gotten to travel, stationed in other places. And I think to me, that's a blessing. I, I think those experiences you just can't pay for, you know, that those are phenomenal. But right. you absolutely, with, with taking a family, you know, from place to place, you fully understand those hurdles and how it impacts your entire family. Give us a little idea of that, how it impacts how you actually work with military or veteran families when they're transferring or, or retiring and moving, say, to Jacksonville or something like that. Because I think it's a different perspective altogether. Well, again, goes back to me deciding to buy my house while PCSing mm-hmm. from Japan to here. When COVID started happening, sailors were signing page 13s. I'm sure they were doing it in San Diego, too. Mm-hmm. Basically saying that they can go to work. Yay. And they can go home (laughs) and and they can do some light shopping, but they can't go do anything else. So I had two houses on the market at the time, then COVID hit, and then the Navy put restrictions on these sailors. And that's where my background in the Navy really helped because I understood that when an order came down from the skipper, hey, that you guys can't, you can't leave. You're working and you're going home. I understood how that was going to affect the sale of the two houses we had on the market. Right. So when we had to start delaying because PCS has got put on hold, Mm -hmm. we were under contract on a few houses. And now guess what? We either, if we stick to our closing date, then the sailor has to find temporary housing because they just sold their house before they make the trip to Spain or, or Japan or Washington, wherever they're going. So as an agent, I'm able to help them. I'm able to understand the pressures because I've lived those pressures. Mm-hmm. I understand, hey, I'm looking, I just got off the airplane. I'm living in the Navy Lodge. Base housing didn't work out for me. So I need to find a house and we need to find a house now. Right. So those are the kind of things that the military stuff brings with it. It's uh, we understand the concepts, the phrases, the stuff that they deal with. I've sold houses while one spouse is on the ship deployed and the other spouse is here dealing with the PCS. Right. And they just don't understand how that's going to work. Well, I was like, hey, we're good. Like there's a legal officer on board that ship. Right. There's a, he's a notary. He or she, right. they're, they're a notary. So it's a matter of sending a document, having them print it, notarize it and stick it in the mail and get it back to us. As long as we plan, again, something else, we've all dealt with the whole mail system on the ship. We know right. how ridiculously reliable that is. So if we're going to do something like that, my experiences in the Navy says, hey, we need to get these documents signed and mailed to us ASAP. I can't wait two weeks prior to closing because we may not get them. Yeah, man, I can go forever on how the Navy experience just helps me as a real estate agent. But ultimately, it helps the customer. It's all about understanding the customer's needs. And that's the advantage to it. It is. And a point to like some of the things you're talking about now, because you also, there's a difference between, and not against every, and this isn't saying some people are are bad at it, but one of the things I recognized out here when I went through a a certain course and there were a lot of people, uh, because military, okay, let's say this, in business, military, uh, in a military town like Jacksonville, San Diego, Virginia Beach, you know, Norfolk, there's definitely a lot of amazing people who will support and understand and know how to take care of and really understand that, you know, the depth of what people are going through. And also because you've been through those moves, you also understand some of the tools that are there, you know, what type of things like school liaison officers, you know, mm-hmm. what type of other facilities are available for, to help with that, you know, assistance within that transfer and stuff. But the downside is there's a lot of people who also target military in these things, you know, that's a marketing thing and they target. And sometimes I don't think, and this, we've, this has come up before with another guest too. 
I don't think it's always malicious because I know a certain course that I went through, there were a lot of military spouses as well as some people who had been active duty, but maybe for like a couple years and then got out or were reservists and got out that didn't really experience the same things, or they only had that very narrow piece, you know, that little fine slice of the pie that they had experienced and seen. For instance, there were people saying, Hey, just don't talk to like an E4 because don't bother. They can't move off base. They can't, they're not even allowed to because, and that was probably true with that very, very narrow experience that that person dealt with through their spouse or, or if they were only in, you know, in the military for a couple of years, that may have been true, but we both know that is by and far, there's absolutely not the law. That is like, you know, right. we know that also barracks, what are they? Barracks are rentals. You know what I mean? So the government, if you're yeah. well, the government's not going to want you to move out without two things, without a plan, number one, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're going to have to show that you can take care of yourself as an 18 year old or something like that. And then two, realistically, a barracks, a rental property for the government. If it's not if it's not filled to a certain percentage, they're going to try to keep you from going, you know, moving out. But that doesn't stop anyone if you form a plan or if it's better for you and stuff like that. But none of that I thought was malicious. I just felt it was like yeah. not fully. It was just wasn't fully understood. They didn't have it was a picture. Just lack of knowledge. Yeah, it, but people will right. put trust in that. Like, oh well, you're a yeah. veteran, or your your husband or wife is a is active duty, so you must know. And it's just one of those things too. Is people people learn you know, along the way. So it's not, again, not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, not at all. It's just thing, but it's a definitely kind of got to scout out and understand that someone has been in your situation or totally understands your particular situation. You and I are unique in that situation. Like you did what you did 26 years. Yeah. And I did 22. So that's a level of education for lack of better terms that can't be taught in a no class. Like if I'm, I think you're talking about the MRP class. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So I sat through that same class and, and you're scratching your head going, eh, well, that's not a hundred percent true. Right. Um, yes, because you're they're up there facilitating teaching the class and and they definitely aren't being malicious. They, no. they are following a, a lesson plan written by somebody. Um, we know how that goes as well. <laughs> right. Instructor <laughs> duty been there. Um, so, um, but yeah, our experience, you just can't. You can't teach that in a class. And that is something that we can offer our customers that an agent that hasn't been through it can't. No, right. no amount of reading will give them the experience that we have. And it's great that we're in a position to pass that experience on to someone who is uh, the whole cliche, the biggest investment of your life, buying yeah. property. Yeah. Cool thing in your situation, uh, well, in mine too now, you know, with our, our teams, you also are surrounded by other people who have, experience, you know, varying degrees or whatever, but there are varying degrees of that experience. And collectively, you know, someone's probably experienced almost everything that could happen. Um, may not be your experience, but it might be the person next to you, the person next to you. If there's a question, one of you guys has probably been through it, you know? Oh, right. Because in my brokerage, um, I call it my brokerage. I don't own it. The brokerage that I work in. <laughs> Our brokerage. Um, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> right. Um, we've got retired officers. Glenn yeah. is a retired captain. So he brings that perspective. He's a real estate agent um, as well. So he does the exact same thing that that I do when it comes to helping people buy and sell their home. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, obviously. I was I was senior enlisted. And mm-hmm. there are certain things in their pipeline, in their, their PCS pipeline, like going to Monterey or right. going to the war, uh, war Academy. I never experienced that. But I can always pick up the phone and call Glenn right. and say, hey, Glenn, explain to me how this pipeline works, how this, this transition works. And even on a, a, the flip side of that, 
Um, I will deal with spouses whose the counterpart is at one of these schools or one of these TAD attachments. And I can reach out to one of the other spouses and say, talk to me about this process. If, if you were in my shoes, how would you advise? So you're right. Um, just surrounded by, by people with the same pool of knowledge mm-hmm. um, definitely helps. Well, let's, let me ask you this then, because uh, I know you're definitely an influence on, you know, your, your kids. And one thing that struck me is when, you know, your son was out here, like I got a great opportunity to talk to him when he was considering if he was staying or not, or possibly purchasing. And I know a huge influence from that came from you and, you know, you purchased very early, didn't you? you like, I was 19 when I bought my first house. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's yeah. a game changer for people when they get that experience out of the way early and I don't want to say out of the way, like, Oh, you know, it's like, it's a a burden, but once you see what's possible, it just really broadens your horizon of like what's really feasible and possible. And and then you start thinking of how to leverage that and and what you can do with it. So I think that's a important thing to point out. You know, you're one of those people that as well, that took advantage very early of owning a home. I I wouldn't have never done that either. If it wasn't for a, Again, that whole Navy thing, I had a chief that said, dude, quit renting, Yeah, buy a house. You're right. And at that young age, I it's over overwhelming, just like mm-hmm. everybody who buys their first house. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a scary process. But to get that out of the way, to live it, to get that experience at a young age, you learn, wait a minute, it really wasn't that difficult. That was, um, there's a team of people, a real estate agent, a mortgage broker, a title company. There's a team of people that are going to make this nice and smooth for me. Right. Um, and if, if it's not nice and smooth, um, pick, uh, pick a different team next time. Pick right? a different team. Right? I mean, that's part of it too, right? right? Yeah. You start, I mean, yep. because for people that are going to purchase over and over, it's like structuring a team. You know what I mean? You might, you might have like this team and you may be like, all right, cool. This, this person's now a free agent. That position's open. You're going to bring in someone to, you you know, especially same thing for investors, right? If you're investing in real estate, that team fluctuates, you know, it grows. Yeah. You got to like the p- right people for the right time for, you know, what you're doing in that point in time. Yeah, of- man. It, it's this whole, it's everything seems to go back to, to the Navy. It really, it really, and I guess it's going to when you spend such a chunk of your life doing it. Yeah. But those senior leadership positions make it a little easier to fill those, those free agents to mm-hmm. say, uh, you're not working out that well, man. And, and <laughs> no hard feelings. You're a good dude. But <laughs> you may not be good at this and we need to find somebody else. Um, it makes those hard conversations a little easier. When you talk about that, uh, it- Navy experience and stuff too. And I, I know a lot of our common friends and stuff, I think very much appreciate. I mean, believe me, we, we all know it's not perfect. And there's sometimes that we all just wanted to like walk away, you know, like just let me out of this, you know, at this point in time, many times. But I think that most of us also really appreciate what it did provide. And I've had people kind of ask me like, you know, like, let's be for real, like in the civilian world, we can make a lot more money. Like I definitely right. made more money in my first year as a civilian, like probably twice as much as any year in the military, no matter what level of, you know, uh, responsibility I had. And when people are like, oh, don't you wish you would have just like left earlier, you know, or something like that. And I had to think about that because I did. I was like, well, I also think each one of those experiences were so unique. And, you know, I would have left early if, you know, the opportunity to go to Japan, live overseas and experience that. I would have like retired before that one, but that was a new opportunity for me. So I took it. But looking back at it and I thought, you know, I, I don't think I would have. Um, I, 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 
I don't think I would have left earlier because all those experiences add up to our ability to do whatever we're doing now. And I started thinking about, you know, trying to think of the positive on, on how some of those things impact your life or how you grow from some of that stuff. And if I started just kind of um, putting it in a school perspective and I mm-hmm. thought of it as like a lab class, right? Like every time you transfer, cause we get to reinvent and, and take every like three years to four years, you know, like, okay, I'm going to transfer. If you take just a couple minutes of your time to reflect on, Hey, what worked, what didn't work and why? Like really it takes like 15 minutes. You can like dissect your three years and like 15 minutes of like, well, these with this particular situation, this or this didn't seem to work as well. Cool. Let's change that. You roll up in the next door. You can just like, you know, Hey, changed. You can choose a different path of how you do it or, and, and, or you have more tools of how to respond to that. And I looked at that as like, Hey, every three years, it's like the, the Navy gives you a new lab class, but and it sounds not to like dumb it down to this level, but like, Hey, here's, here's a hundred people. <laughs> See what you can do with it. You know what I mean? It's like, where else in the world is that? Yeah, like, right. Hey, go, yeah. go learn <laughs> on these hundred people. Like, yeah. And learn the hard way. A lot of times you don't yeah. have a choice. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. It's, it's got to succeed. So it's not like, let's see what you can do. You're like, you figure it out, you know, but you can't, and you get paid for that, you know, not paid a ton, but for that level of education, I think it's, it's a, it's a gift in some ways. There's a lot of, um, untangibles isn't the right word, but there's a lot of value that mm-hmm. you just can't quantify. Like, I don't think I would change anything about my, my career. I was, uh, don't be wrong. I was ready to get out when, right. um, Commodore and I sat in his office and, uh, had that whole conversation. Are you sure this is what you like? You yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I am. I am sure. I enjoyed my time. I would do it a hundred percent all over again. Um, I may change that recruiting tour if I could change it and oh, yeah. go do something different. Um, but um, but overall, I wouldn't change anything um, yeah. because uh, you're right. There's there's a lot more money to be made on the outside than there is on the inside. But there's certain things on the outside that you don't get, like yes. um, like stability. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I was just retired. I retired in October, and then COVID hit three four months later. It was a stressful time because I didn't, I expected the bottom to fall out of the real estate. I study the numbers. I'm a nerd in it. Um, and I just wasn't seeing the numbers do that. But yet my gut still said, man, this is the unknown. Yeah. And here you are straight out of the Navy. Um, and uh, you're, you're working this. So if it wasn't for my experience in the Navy, and let's be real here, the benefits of retirement, yeah. Um, life would have been a lot more stressful. There's something still having that steady retirement income coming in, um, right. where, where other agents or other people in this business, um, anybody that's commission-based yeah. when the economy starts turning, they, uh, they have a, a little soul searching period. Um, yeah. so yeah, Rad, bring it back around. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything, um, about the Navy. Um, experience wise, I was ready to get out, but those, uh, those lessons and and what we got out of it, you, you can't really quantify it. You can't put a monetary value on a lot of it. No, for sure. And I, I think the, what it teaches you how to respond to things in the perspective, because to your point too, with the, uh, with, you know, being a commission-based business in my situation, you know, it's, I'm the responsible for my team. So mm-hmm. when everything hit and everything for us, you know, for if we were shut down for a couple of weeks, like as in couldn't do business till they figured that out. And then, you know, like we talked about the PCS stuff on hold, our business, you know, wasn't, wasn't happening, you know, that beginning yeah. of the year just wasn't happening. And so to keep it, 
keep that faith and to keep paying, you know, staff to keep doing what we're doing to run the business and like, you know, to keep everyone motivated, or, you know, trying to do a hey, cool it's business, you know, what usual, which is something we kind of learned too. I think it would be, a, it would have been a different experience for me if I didn't have all those previous experiences because it did get to, I won't lie, like my business account got extremely low. Like as in yeah. when stuff finally did start happening, it was down to like the hundreds. So I was about to, same thing. It was about to start coming from my savings, uh, personal savings and stuff like, which is fine. But the perspective, I think some of the things that we've seen or done prior to is that we know that, Hey, all you've got to do is, you know, keep going, keep going. And eventually you kind of break through that other side. And, you know, we're yeah. fortunate that did happen. Then we end up having even a bigger year than last year, but it just all happens at once. It just all got crammed into a shorter period of time. Man, did it. Yeah, <laughs> it went from nothing to hustle. <laughs> yeah, I think I took. Uh, I'm like so thankful. I took I think three days off in February to go to Hawaii, just like three day Hawaii trip. And then since then, I haven't taken a full day off. Um, I'm going to do it after Thanksgiving, a few days. Yeah. But it's just been. It's crazy to think about that. Right. It's you got to take one. Yeah. yeah, we were supposed to go to Hawaii, and I had plane tickets and everything. Yeah. Been COVID and yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know in this time what, what this next uh, few days off will be since we're all kind of shutting back down, but I'll figure something out just to get away. But you know what I mean? Like right. that, to me, that's a blessing too, though, because once, you know, we worked through it and then once we came out of, you know, in that initial unknown uh, COVID business just got so crazy that you're like, oh crap, now I don't have time to do, you know, that's a blessing. And absolutely. But right. I think that perspective that we have definitely helps endure that for sure. Yeah. The resiliency. Mm -hmm. that anybody associated with with the military regardless what branch and we're talking spouses children there's a there's a level of resiliency um of bounce back that is just kind of ingrained because of the life that we've lived so um yeah it was it was stressful um the fear of the unknown you know had you staring at the ceiling on some nights <laughs> yeah, right. but, uh, but knowing that there is an end it will you just got to persevere and get through it um yeah. things things will come back around yeah yeah for sure how, how about, um, talk to me a little bit about your experience with particularly military members or veterans on the investing side, whether it's real estate, once people start looking at real estate as not just like, Hey, I've got to live somewhere, you know, first mm -hmm. step to me is like you said, like, you know, like, like your mentor told you, dude, stop renting, buy something. So that's kind of the first step, you know, cause then you are building some type of wealth, but what about when they're taking it beyond that? What's, what's been your uh, experience in that over in Florida? So we, um, I've worked with a few investors here. The real estate market here is, um, I, I don't think San Diego is much different, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. Rental, rent, the median rent is higher than the median mortgage payment here right yes. now. Yep. Man, it's it's arguably, depends what metrics you're looking at, a good time or a bad time to buy real estate um, mm -hmm. for investment purposes. And it really, especially with sailors, the fact that we could sit down and talk kind of on the same level, yeah. it's really a pro and con conversation. What is your end goal? What are you trying to get out of this? The beauty of not being in pressure sales, I yeah. can tell a customer, hey, man, this may not be the best method for you. Right. And that's why you pick their brain and you find out what their end goal is. Because the last thing I want to do is sell you some investment property that you're going to be operating in the red end longer than than you should. Um, right. You're going to operate in the red. Almost everybody will at the beginning. Initially, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, especially if if you're not a cash buyer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the conversation I have more toward investment property, especially with sailors, I had this conversation 
literally last night, um, Arden and I, my son that was stationed in San Diego yeah. has gotten out and uh, he's a full-time student here now. But we're sitting um, last night on his couch and we're watching Thursday night football and we start talking about real estate because Pops is a real estate agent. So that conversation comes up a lot. And we were talking about basically investment wise, the biggest difference between real estate investing from a young sailor's perspective versus an investor's perspective is that's a fixed cost, not fixed in, in the dollar amount, but fixed as in you have to pay for housing no matter where you're at. Housing is a cost. So you have you have the option here. The Navy pays you BAH. You can take this BAH and pay rent for somebody and let them use your BAH as their investment. Right. Or you can take that BAH and buy your own house. And there's other factors that you got to look at. Some people buy knowing that they're going to sell in when they're up for orders. So three years later. So let's break down the market and see what the odds based on today's numbers. Mm-hmm. Will you be in the red or will you be in the black when you go to sell this house in three years? Most of the time in Jacksonville, you can sell at a, at a small profit after right. closing costs and everything. Right. Um, but on the investment side of it, the question is, use the BAH. You have to pay for this anyways. Let's start paying principal down. Meanwhile, equity is growing. And then when you PCS to the other side of the wherever the world, we have these little things called management companies, Hovergirl Properties, we're full service. We do it all. Um, so I do property management and sales, but that's where the investment side comes in because this is a fixed cost. You have to pay for housing. So let's invest that money instead of flushing it and letting somebody else invest it for you, invest it yourself into some real estate and then rent it when you roll out of here. Some people find that they don't want to be in a landlord business. They find that it's a bigger headache than, than they anticipated. Mm-hmm. Other people thrive in it. We've got several customers in Hovergirl who have been we have managed their property for them since the company started 12, 15 years ago. So that's when it comes to investing, especially with sailors, I kind of take a different approach toward guiding them than I would a civilian investor because Jacksonville's a good investment market right now, simply because, as I stated earlier, the median rent is higher than, than median mortgage. Um, so it's, it's uh, not uncommon for me to get a phone call from investors in New York. And then we have a completely different conversation because they are literally in it for profit margin. We have to look at it a little different, but yeah, investing in real estate for sailors. If you are okay with being a landlord, you have to, you have to look at being a landlord as being a business owner. Um, you have to push the sentimental thing. This is my house or my home aside. And this is now a business. Other girl is going to give you a 1099 at the end of the year. You're, you're going to claim taxes on this thing. Um, and so we have basically the conversation is how do you make this work for you while you're in the Navy? And is this a good, a good investment for you while you're in the Navy? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. My customers are my sailors, for lack of better terms. Um, I'm not worried about making the, the dollar. I'm going to get paid. It's, it's my job. But I'm not worried about squeezing the extra change out of them. Let, let's just let's figure out what works for you. And then if it works for you, it works great for me. Well, a lot of times too, though, kind of to your point of the education portion to a lot of people because they don't know when people are starting off, you know, it is a different, different conversation because they have that a lot too. Once people make that first step and buy that first home, I start getting like, I'll get these long emails of like, Hey, I just started looking into, you know, the opportunity to invest more. I want to do this. Like, you know, see what you're doing or some, you know, the other people you're working with, they're doing, I want to do that. And it becomes a whole different conversation where then it's more of like a game plan. You know, where it's like, okay, cool, because 
like you said too, here in San Diego, same. I mean, almost any, I won't say any, but most properties can be a good investment for rental value if you have the funds mm-hmm. to do so. But the barrier to entry is a little bit higher, you know? Um, so a lot of times it's like, cool, let's make the plan, but this might not be the place. You know, let's right. educate you so that we can find the right place, right thing. Um, and so some people that like you said, depending on where their strengths are, what they do or don't want to do. Like some people I'll send to um, turnkey providers that I trust, mm-hmm. cool. you know, get this home. It's done for you. They have a renter, a renter in there, but you still get the yep. tax breaks and all that stuff. Some people are like, want that longer plan. They, and they like being involved in the game of it. That's awesome too. You know what I mean? But uh, like you said, it just, it's such a specific person dependent you know it really is and and with with navy um i should say military because it's not always navy their knowledge level and investment property is generally close to zero Mm -hmm. whereas when you're working with property investors that aren't navy where their job is investing in properties their knowledge level is definitely not at a zero they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and a lot of times cash um so they've done their homework they know what they're talking about and uh as a real estate agent, I better know what I'm talking about because they could sniff don't the know. BS pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, I don't know right away. For yeah, sure. Yeah, it doesn't take them long. Yep. Um, for sure. Yeah, another thing with, with the sailors that uh, we with, we're going back to that do is this a good fit for you? Is mm-hmm. buying real estate property a good fit for you? Where most people kind of scratch their head and think mm, it might not be is when we start discussing business overhead. Um, there is a, uh, a misconception out there that I buy property. I find a renter, they pay the their rent, I pay my mortgage, and uh, life is peachy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it never fails. Murphy Law says as soon as we get um, somebody in the house, um, something's going to break, and there's some overhead that goes with that. Right. Um, and then you got to have the conversation. Do you want to buy? It's not. It's not brand name that we're worried about. You want its quality. So you may be spending a little more on appliances that you would or wouldn't if you, if you lived in it simply because of the longevity, because it's, not, it's an investment yeah. and everything has to work with that bottom line. It's, it's unique. So every, every situation is just a little different. Yeah. One, one thing that um, kind of to that point as well, when you're talking about every situation different, just kind of made me think of out here a lot of times, uh, especially young, some of our younger clients or something then decided like, Oh, I want to get, help me get into an Airbnb. Well, it's Airbnb. Well, which, you know, I have a couple Airbnb properties. Like I, <laughs> I am a fan. Like, I mean, there's great things, but that's when I have to do that step back. I'm like, all right, let's sit down and really examine this because like you said, people say, what's the mortgage and what can I make? You know, Hey, July on a normal year is like, you know, 4th of July, Comic-Con, you know, several other big conferences. So July is like, you can just rake in money, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, then it's, then you have to talk to them, but like, okay, you know, Airbnb gets fees. The cleaning, yes, you have, uh, you know, usually that's passed on to the tenants. The cleaning fees mm-hmm. are usually passed, but that still there's stocking fees. There's all these certain things that have to be done each time. And then the taxes and that are different taxes. with, with short term rentals. Exactly. Yeah. More tax. Yeah. Then there's the uh, management fees. Like, well, if you're, well, I'll just manage it. We run it through Airbnb. Okay, cool. So let me show you my log of emails and all the stuff that goes into that. You know, that here's the time consumption there. You don't get to just like, oh, I'll, I'll check my email tomorrow. It doesn't, you know, and you show them all the things. And then you have to, like, all right, now let's account for if you want that done for you, that's 20% of your fee. And it really, sometimes it comes down to like, Hey, look, dude, you're going to make an extra 
on average $100 a month for all that headache when you chip away all this stuff. So maybe it's not the right thing or there's right, a hybrid worth to it. it. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes that's, um, you know, you have to, that's a conversation too, that people sometimes have to have to find right. the right thing for them. And some people don't care. They're like, I'm in it and they'll do phenomenal yeah. because they don't care. That's cool. I'm, I'm all for it. As long as they the, understand going in. Yeah. The strategy is a little different from short Airbnbs or short-term rentals and then single family home or condos for long-term mm -hmm. rentals. Because with my Airbnb customers that are buying properties, to put on Airbnb to, to invest, we're looking at a profit margin today. It's a, I'm trying to think of the term here. Um, you want it to cash flow pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Whereas where I'm buying a house to be a 12 month lease, to be a long term rental, yeah. then my profit margins are long term. Yes. Um, so, yeah, big, big difference in there. And, and uh, yeah, that's just kind of, I guess, where, where we're educators as much as, as, as salespeople. Um, right. I, yeah, I, you know, I feel like most of my time, I'm actually the unsalesperson because normally people aren't coming to me to sell them on a house. They're coming to me to help them find something. And most of the time I, I find myself, which is, yeah, maybe this is bad for me, but talking them out of what is clear or, or trying to help them find their own conclusion to what could be a bad outcome. Like, Hey, let me just make sure you understand what's going into that. Because again, I would much rather someone be successful than me sell them a house, you know? Of course. And that's where we're unique, you and I, and, mm -hmm. and any other agent who is working with the retirement or on a retirement is I don't have to chase that. I don't have to the hustle. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. I'm hustling. I, um, I want to sell. I want to, uh, that's the name of the game, right? But I rarely, I shouldn't say I've never experienced where I have to look at a customer and say, man, I know you don't like this house, Yeah. but I really need you to buy this house. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a factor for me. Um, yeah. and I can pass that on to the customer. Yeah. Um, I don't want my customers to take six months to, to find a house when we're, when we're buying, but I've had a few that have taken months and you sure. know what? They were comfortable. And at the end of the day, there was no buyer's remorse. We still talk you build those relationships. If, yeah. if things would have been different and we would have applied a little pressure sales there to them. It was like, uh, you, you deal with the drawback. How do yeah. you deal with the drawback? Oh, this one doesn't have a fireplace, but it's got this. And yeah. you don't have to do any of that. Um, I don't have to chase the commission. And that goes back to the whole education part of it. I spend more time talking about real estate and helping people. And sometimes maybe even talking them out of buying something because it really just doesn't work for them. And that's the last thing I want to do to them. But I think it's better for your business long-term too. And I think I've, I've seen that in the short time you know, of oh, having yeah. my business for like three years where there's people that I have talked out of because it wasn't the right time or situation where it's like, Hey, yeah, if you're, you're, you're up getting ready to leave right now, like, Hey, let's, let's see what your orders come out as then reconvene it. But this isn't the right time for you. And I've talked people out of things that then refer me several clients. So it's doing the right thing. Definitely. It doesn't always pay off short term. That's for sure. I mean, we all know that like you can have the best intentions. It doesn't necessarily pay off short term, but I think it always pays off long term. It did definitely. And you know what? There is uh, there's something about going home at night and knowing that I treated somebody the right way. We may have lost a sale. Right. I don't want to lose any sales, but sometimes you're losing them. But if yeah. I can lose a sale with a clean conscious conscience, I'm I'm a lot happier. So let's talk about your conscience from recruiting then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You better check that thing at the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. 
Yeah, that's the difference. That is yeah, the difference, it is. Man. It is. Yeah, well, hey, man, I, I don't want to like take your whole day here, but it's great to, one, get to talk to you a little bit again and getting your perspective from, basically, we're doing the same stuff on the other side of the country right. and with the same goals, it sounds like, and just really the education piece being the biggest thing, which is actually why we're talking on here right now, right? Just to keep people interested, know that they have those options to educate themselves, people yeah. like myself you know anyone can reach out to either one of us and we'll absolutely put anyone who's listening if you're going to be in you know jacksonville you're moving to that area we'll definitely get you in touch with cw there'll be some contact info for him and absolutely i can say from knowing him for quite a while that he will definitely uh treat you right and educate you for the better or for the worse right we sometimes sometimes telling the truth isn't what people want to hear either sometimes what they want isn't necessarily the best for them and it's obviously their overall decision but kind of we're prepared sometimes for how to let them know that it's, uh, you know, some of the information they don't want to hear. Right. I think that's another tool in the tool bag that, mm-hmm. that you and I both bring from our uh, our days as being senior enlisted. Yeah, Whereas agree. you and I both were senior advisors, senior chiefs to some skippers and uh, some captains. And sometimes you just got to, you got to tell them how it is. Sometimes sugarcoating it or waiting later to, to talk about the bad news um, doesn't make the bad news any better. And uh, right. no, that's the, that's the skill set that sometimes you just got to have a, you got to have a tough conversation with a customer. And uh, based on experience, I'm, I can have that conversation. It's not fun. Right. Um, they're never fun, but uh, not. I'm not afraid to do it either. But I feel the same as it is in, in your military time. The same outcome, I believe, you know, usually occurs where it might be hard for them to swallow for a few minutes. But in the overall, they would much they appreciate it much more to have that honesty. You know, sometimes it's the next day and you're like in a call of like, dude, thanks for not letting me go into that kind of blindly or keeping me from making a mistake or or sometimes they may go ahead and go through with it. But at least they're aware of what factors you see. Of course. Yeah. I, um, every customer, well, not every customer, but almost every customer, some kind of conversation like this comes up Mm -hmm. where I explain to them that, uh, I'm your advisor. So I'm going to explain things to you and you're going to pro and con it. The decision's yours. You will not hurt my feelings by making a decision. Mm -hmm. My job is to make sure you have all the data that I can give you to make a good decision. Yeah, sometimes customers will make decisions where I walk away scratching my head going, man, I don't know if I would have done that or not, but yeah, right. that was your choice, dude. <laughs> we currently have a, a family I'm working with, an awesome, awesome family, and it's uh, a, a couple and their two kids are relocating from Rota, Spain, just got here, just you know, looking at some homes. And the first time I was showing a home with them, I was walked in with the wife to you know, look at some of these things in this particular home, and she's looking at how it's set up and all these things, which we all do, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I start looking at something caught my attention. I focused in on it, went and started checking it out. And she's like, Oh, is, Hey, well, what are you, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, well, you're going to know if you like this, if this home feels right for you, you're going to know it. There's nothing I can say that that changes how you feel about the flow of yep. the home, any of the kind of decor, anything like that, you know, there's nothing you need me for there. I'm looking for any, any signs of any problems. So I can let you know up front before we start getting in trying to negotiate this. So I'm looking for that. And she's like, Oh, that's cool. Like right away. She understood that, but it was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not here. Like I'm here to let you into the home and help you find, dig into the home. I'm not here to sell you this home. Right. I'm, I'm here to sell yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you love it, I want to be able to tell you, okay, it's great. You love it. But let's also make sure we check into why this crack here has a vertical displacement. Yep. Like, why do we have this? You know, let's, let's, let's manage that expectation going in. So you're not heartbroken if something comes out. Right. Of- and you may, it's funny because it's the same thing. I tell a customer the same thing. The house will speak to you. Right. You're going to know pretty quick if that's the house that you want to move on or not. Yeah. Um, and then let's, let's, let's do a little digging and you may still want to buy the house. There yeah. may be a plumbing issue. But you're going to buy that house knowing that there's a plumbing issue. Right. You're not going to, the day of you get home and start moving your furniture in and it's like, what? Like the sink doesn't drain or that yeah. toilet needs to be, you knew that buying it. So mm-hmm. that I'm comfortable with that. As long as they have the data, I'm, man, my job's good. Yeah, exactly. And that, again, that's what I feel like we both feel we owe that. Just giving them the best advice and, and what, what we see or don't see from it. And like you said, you're the numbers nerd. I, I do the same thing. That's all I care about personally. And, and that's probably my personal thing. Cause I do most anything that I buy is for an investment. It might be something I'm living in now, but I'm already thinking of how, what kind of return I'm going to get it on in a year. Yep. So to me, that's way more, I can make something look the way I want it. Uh, for me to feel comfortable while I'm living in it. But really everything, even when I'm doing that, I'm going, I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't have to do too much work to make this appeasing to, you know, uh, the vast majority of people, because it will be a rental in like a year. Right. You know, I just know that. But uh, yeah, your red room of pain has to be painted neutral colors when you move out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Not everyone does that. And that they yeah, understand yeah, that that's I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cool, man. No, but I, I appreciate that. And I, and I do appreciate too, like above and beyond anything else, you, you know, you are a veteran with a family that moved around, you understand the hardships and you understand all the pain and the ass that many of those hoops come with. Yeah. So I do absolutely appreciate the advice and the mentorship that you're giving to people now and making sure they're being taken care of. I think that's what we all want, you know, in the long right. run, it's just the honesty in that advice and continuing, like you said before, you're still continuing to serve in, a, in, in that way as well as you, you know, you said everyone's still your sailors as long as you're working with military people. So that's, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. The name of the game is take the care of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. But uh, thanks so much for your time. And I know we'll be, we'll probably do this again. You know, if you're down for it, I'm sure we'll do another, Anytime, man. Do another Anytime. maybe we'll pick some more things to, uh, to talk about and uh, you know, make a little bit more fun of each other next time. And, and, you know, maybe, yeah, make fun of some other uh, mutual friends and stuff like that. So <laughs> definitely do that again. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks yeah. for having me. You shot me a text a couple shoot a week ago and asked, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've been excited ever since. Well, since I that. appreciate um, that too, that I have, uh, you know, those type of friends and, and, and professionals from the military side when I'm like, Hey, you know, you're interested in doing this and sharing some information with people. And it wasn't like a, Hey, let me hear about it. You were like, yes. And then we'll, then we'll figure out what's going on with it later. You know, I used so, to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's exactly. get there and start talking and figure out how it goes. Yeah, exactly. But there wasn't <laughs> hesitation. I appreciate that. And for anybody out there that's going towards, you know, Jacksonville or, uh, you know, or there now, reach out to CW or we'll, we'll get you connected with them. We'll have contact information. We'll always have contact information for them, but absolutely. If you want, you know, kind of honest advice, and a good advisor, that's a good place to go. Yeah, man, let's, let's do this again very soon. And we'll catch up outside of this as well. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man.